Welcome back to another edition of the Strozzi Football Podcast. I'm Anthony Maguire, and yet again, another massive week in Scottish football. We had League Cup action, and uh, a bit of a mea culpa. If we, uh, you were listening to last week's podcast, you would have heard us give predictions for the league. Uh, Richard and I should have went to uh, Specsavers and checked that the Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously a few other things happened this week, you know, the, the tragic passing of uh, Diego Armando Maradona at the age of 60. Richard, how do we find you over in Sydney this week? Great to speak to you, Antonio. Thank you so much. Um, I'm gutted about Diego. His first international camp was against Scotland. I don't know if you're aware of that. It's 1979. I, I remember it because it was just after the World Cup in 1978. I wasn't, I wasn't born yet. Yeah. Yes, there we go. See, I'm just so old. Um, and that was just after Archie Gamble's seminal goal against uh, the Netherlands, which was one of the most wonderful moments in Scottish football ever. Um, but yeah, Argentina came to Glasgow and played against... Scotland at Hamden and this kid who looked as though he was going to be you know bounced around the park by big kind of tough guys actually bounced them around the park and there's some beautiful old footage because I remember at the time it wasn't available on uh, any kind of TV network it wasn't played because uh, you know it wasn't involving England and it wasn't involving any kind of major country and so Scotland were playing Argentina in this friendly however it was really interesting to note that on his death, the really beautiful elegy from Gary Lineker uh, on the BBC, but also Peter Shilton uh, on social media, just saying that how wonderful it was that he'd played against um, Diego Maradona. And Liam Brady, for a Scozzi connection, um, who once said that uh, he was one of the greatest guys he'd ever played against. He played against them about six or seven times. Liam Brady went on to play uh, for Arsenal, Juventus, and then be the manager of Celtic. And um, often said by Celtic fans of the time that at least they got pumped playing good football. Um, <laughs> there's a lovely Lost Glasgow post, actually, of Diego Maradona hanging his head out of a hotel window as a 19-year-old. Yes, I uh, saw that. Looking on Targell Street. Um, and, and, and one of the greatest players who ever was. And and and, and if you haven't seen it, like watch Gary Lineker's... Um, uh, really beautiful uh, eulogy, if you like, uh, on 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 BBC Match of the Day because um, it, he does capture a lot of the essence of it. Um, really, a wonderful footballer. So sad that he's gone. He visited Celtic Park actually a few years back, and uh, and 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 is pictured in a Celtic shirt uh, and lifting one of the ball boys. But yeah, uh, very very sad. Um, God rest his soul. One of the greatest footballers who will ever live. And um, yeah really wonderful that we should be having an opportunity to make the connection with the Scozzi, the Scozzi football podcast because he is one of the guys who actually came and went in Glasgow and loved Scottish people. There's another lovely interview actually um, when he was asked uh, after one of the one of the, one of the Scotland games actually where they pumped Scotland I think three one another friendly. Um, you know whether he regretted his hand of God incident. And his reply is beautiful. It had to be translated. And he said, England, who won the World Cup in 1966, as we all remember in Scotland, uh, had, a, had a goal that, that clearly did not cross the line. And, um, and then they went on to win the World Cup. And he said, so how can you speak to me about cheating? Anyway, 
wonderful that he has been and graced and seen and far more prosaic things were going on in Scotland. Antonio, take us back there. Well, I was just, uh, the only other quote, I thought the quote you were going to go with was the one that I read that I had a bit of a chuckle with, with Diego, was um, obviously not a, not a, not very fond in England at the time, history of the Falklands War and, and everything else going on. And, and they asked him about that. I said, how do you feel that everyone in England hates you? And he says, well, everyone in Scotland loves me. So it's, 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 it's okay. So um, I think that's a, 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 a nice way just to, to sign off on that one. So, Yes, rest in peace, uh, Diego Maradona. Um, Europa League oh, action. International theme, uh, Europa League. So yeah. Rangers still in there in a big way. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like history repeating itself last week. So Rangers uh, blew a two-goal lead. They were 2-0 up. Ended up conceding two late goals to all at, um, at, at uh, Ibrox and uh, Celtic. <laughs> Um, deja vu again getting gubbed 4-1 by Sparta Prague uh, over in the uh, the Czech capital um, a result very popular with Celtic fans oh well we'll get on to that in a second but I have to say some of the worst defending you will ever see in your life you had Christopher Iyer, you know, just leaving a, a dangerous six-yard crossbow just for the defender behind him, just to, you know, just because I don't know why. You had Oliver and Cham just deciding just to give up the ghost and not track his runner and just watch a guy basically run fifty yards past him. And then you had Strott Bain coming charging off his line like a madman and just yeah, selling the judges for the fourth goal. So. I, I would have said that Scott Bain was probably quite desperate, actually, having watched some of his colleagues earlier in the game, and and really they weren't doing that terribly well, and he was the guy that was going to intervene. Oh um, look, I, I, I mean, like, bad three one four three one four one. It, it doesn't make any difference, but like you know, just in terms of yeah, if you if you watch that in a highlight reel, you'd be thinking, who is this team like? The, the, the defending was was slapstick. I mean, this was after we went one 0 up as well. Celtic actually. We're one 0 up after 15 minutes. Odson Edward, a bit of individual brilliance, actually showing some of the signs of the player that he's you know capable of being. And then you know he sort of crept back into his shell. And like I said, you know Celtic couldn't sort of um, hold water, let alone defend anything else. So it was just yeah, really, really. You're letting it slip there, Antonio. The wee. I but, know. Uh, I know. Yeah, yes. okay. should get. I should get a room. <laughs> um yeah we um but uh yeah it was just um yeah it was we it was it was pish um so um so yes yeah, so like i said I, I, that that's set the role in for the um the damage against ross county and i guess you know it's the elephant in the room we might as well talk about it you know, there's been protests outside celtic park after the after the ross county defeat knocked out of the cup um, disgraceful i might add in, in a whole bunch of levels but yeah really really awful well, look, I mean, you, you, you take it on one hand that like um, fans aren't allowed inside the stadium. So, I mean, you can imagine the booing and the protests and the the banners and the you know the the, the songs that would be getting sung at the moment if if, if fans were actually allowed inside the stadium. Um, so, I guess in one hand, they felt the only way that you get that point across was to protest outside Celtic Park. Now, if they did that with masks on and socially distancing, and that was all they were doing, you could probably say. All right, fair enough. But you know, throwing you know missiles at, at police officers and 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 club staff and singing some pretty disgusting songs, um, you know, that's that's not on. 
And I actually think that that's actually had an, uh, the opposite effect from what they actually want in terms of, you know, um, Neil Lennon being relieved of his duties because the one thing Dermot, Desmond and Peter Law are not going to do is they're not going to kowtow to, um, to basically Ned's. It's just not going to happen. So um, I have to say, though, it's part of that kind of entitled behaviour from Celtic fans. And and I think that, that you know, there has been a culture among them of we're going to win everything and we will continue to win everything. And, and um, you know, you and I obviously have chats offline um, beyond this podcast and, and it was really nice to see Ross County humping them because usually Ross County are part of the catharsis of Celtic changing again um, and great to see Ross County really believing in themselves. They have been playing good football this season. They played fo- good football in the early part of the season. They've been unlucky a few times and they absolutely pumped Celtic, frankly. Oh, no, they, they were the better team. Absolutely. I mean, the Ross County went with a game plan. Um, your, your man up front, um, Ross Stewart, he had he led the line brilliantly. He, he basically was dragging two, three, sometimes four Celtic defenders um, with him and creating the spaces. He, he knocked a penalty in. I mean, Julian, clumsy challenge, and then he's pointing the finger at Barkas. And, and that's when you just think that things aren't too rosy in the, the, the Celtic camp because you don't tend to see that if things are going well. But as soon as you can't buy a trick and, you know, Celtic went 1-0 down, went straight out of the park, and Ayeti hits the post. You know, if things were going well, that were going the back of the net. It didn't. Um, and then, you know, that Celtic actually only counted two chances. They created the whole match. And, and, and at home, that's just not up to Celtic standard, if you want to call it that, um, this, this cup run that they've been on. And I guess, you know, on one hand, um, when Hearts beat them 4-0 a few seasons ago to to end the invincible run just to, and again that was a bit of a cathartic moment because you know you, you can't win every game forever or you can't go unbeaten forever um the celtic fans applauded the celtic team because they they acknowledged that it was such a great run of 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 games that they had been on um it'd be interesting what would have happened on sunday and i think richard i actually feel for neil lennon in this situation he's he's like the family pet that's been run over by a car you love him but I think it's time to actually put him out his misery because he's tried. He's, he's, he's tried. He's tried everything. He he made he made the comments after Fenis Varus that there's players in the in the in the in the club rooms that don't want to be there, and then didn't actually sell any of the players. So he's got players in his camp that you know by all accounts don't want to be there, and they could be they're white ant them. The performances aren't there. He's tried a back three he's tried a back four he's tried one up front he's tried two up front one minute he's slagging the players off next minute he's trying to put an arm around them in the media saying that oh you know the performance was good for 35 minutes the guy's done uh you know he's he's a celtic legend he always will be but i just think from now on in there's nothing to be gained because i just honestly can't see any way that this can be turned around and that's, I think and that's I, really fair. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I think, as I said to you the other week, um, I actually think that French Eddie chucked it. And um, and I also think that Olivia and Chan wanted to be away probably 14, 18, however yep. many months ago. And, and so I think there's there's a, there'll be a, a, a linguistic caveat in that dressing room where there will be an impenetrable barrier of, of chat amongst the French guys. Chris Julian, probably the one guy who's actually got committed. Rangers uh, looking really good for qualification in the Europa League, I have to say. 
Yeah, I mean, well, they're in the box seat. I mean, they've you know they've they've, they've you know basically you know they just need to get, I think if they get a result uh, against Standard Liège tomorrow night, um, they're they're through, I believe, um, or near near enough as good. No, they are they're absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If, if, if they draw, they win. They're through. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, good good progress from them. Yeah, and well, I'll just touch on Rangers just quickly because you know, in fa- fairness, the four 0 um, Borna Barisic, um, very, very tidy free kick for the third goal. Um, and I must admit, Hadji's volley for the fourth was whew, quite a, uh, quite, quite a nice finish. Mm, and yeah. I think the other thing I would just say is that, you know, to, to contrast how one side of Glasgow is going versus the other, Celtic playing their strongest team against Ross Tony and still getting beat 2 0. And then Rangers are bringing on debutants Leon King and Kieran Dixon for their debuts or debuts. Um, so, yeah, I think I just think that that shows the, you know, where where the two clubs are at right, at this moment absolutely. in time. At this moment, it was obviously J- um, Jermaine Defoe thinking that he was off to somewhere exotic in the Highlands when he was going to Falkirk, <laughs> and uh, probably ha- probably having to like, turn back at Sterling Services when he realised that he's actually off track big time and there's nothing mountainous about Falkirk. He wasn't sure hey. what the weather what the weather was going to be like. Um, yeah, it was quite, quite, <laughs> rather rather amusing. <laughs> See some Kelpies or whatever. Um, but no, listen, Rangers all over it. They're looking really, really good. Um, and interesting to see Dave King's put an offer out again to the Rangers fans to um, Club 1873, who are, uh, he's offered to um, let them buy the shares for 20p. Um, his costs, including illegals, are 23p. This on a background of um, of other Rangers shareholders having to invest money over the course of the past couple of weeks just to pay the tax man. Um, but but we'll see how all that maps out. But listen, Rangers playing very good football at the moment. Let's not let's not you know beat around the bush. They are by far the best footballing side in the country. I was going to say I was delighted for Aloha, the busy bees of Clack Manager, who for the first time in their history beat Hearts. Yeah, no, I mean it was um yeah, it took took the hundred ninth minute in extra time for uh for Aloha to score the penalty. But I have to say from the highlights, uh, definitely Aloha, especially in the second half, they were the ones that were pushing for a winner. Uh Hearts looked sluggish, looked slow. I mean, they've got some older players in there, your Naismiths and, and Harrings and players like that. And you, they just they just looked a bit off off the pace. And um, plastic pitches. And I was trying to say that is a wee bit of a leveler. Um, but uh, yeah, fair fair play, Aloha. That's that's you know if <laughs> if it wasn't for Ross County, you'd say that's probably almost the upset of the um of the of the of the round in, in some ways because your know, hearts are you know they're in the Scottish Cup final. Uh, later this month and they're touted to sort of win the league at canter but um yeah stun them well they've, well they've drawn they've drawn hibs at home in the next round so it's going to be another empty stadium and clack manager so good luck to them and and uh, if it's still dark enough you'll be able to see the traffic coming back down from asda and aloha as the as the, the game progresses uh the next league uh, the next league cup game is dunfermline against st johnson st johnson who beat motherwell um, against all odds, Motherwell, as you know, one of my other favourite pet teams, they've copped it from St. Johnson, who can't do any wrong after signing, signing Guy Melamed. I, I just, honestly, the, he's the guy. Callum was doing a great job. I always kind of thought they were going to do okay. But Guy Melamed, he is the guy being introduced, has made Stevie May be the guy. And so they beat Motherwell 2 1. Um, I have to say that Livy. Um, lost the manager this week. 
Yeah, the Gary Holt, he just said that things had run their uh, run their course. And uh, yeah, his um, assistant survives yet another uh, manager. He's still there. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. But yeah, they definitely got the post post-manager bump and thumping air united 4-0 um yeah smooth sailing there for them and they keep their high scoring in the uh the league cup form going interesting to see that Lyndon dykes who was probably one of the key guys in that whole kind of levy sort of process of last season and him being away um has probably made it harder for them aye so the quarterfinals of the league cup Dunfermline v st johnson aloe v hibs who beat dundee again uh levy beating air ross county as we said beat celtic uh, st Mirren, who uh Wonderful. Well, very I, unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Oh, Joe Lewis selling the jerseys, eighth minute. It should have been a regulation save, and he's just let it bounce through his hands and gift St. Myrne uh, a victory. But uh, by all accounts, Aberdeen, and I must admit, from what I saw, they, they did not play anywhere near themselves. Still missing Ross McCrory and Lewis Ferguson through, I, I believe, through COVID isolation. Yeah. They are um, they are struggling big time without that driving force in the midfield. They got a, they got a goal back from a, you say it's a defence splitting pass. It was probably a bit of a lucky bounce, but um, but yes, it all seemed to be some run. They hit the post, could have been two up before Aberdeen equalised. Yeah, like I said, I mean, obviously a, a real bad goal to lose right on the eighth minute, a bit of a sickener, and and some of the Aberdeen fans upset again that it's possible another season that they're going to go without a potential. You know, cup final or potentially win a trophy because they would have been Celtic being knocked out. They definitely would be, you know, fancy in their uh, in the game. So, who do you think is going to? Who do you think is going to be in about it then for the league cup? That's a really good question, Richard. And I was having to rethink about that before. I think um, Hibs away Alloa, which won't be an easy game, but if they overcome that, potentially a Hibs Rangers cup final. Uh, you know, obviously not a Scottish cup, but a, a cup final nonetheless. That would be a tasty, um, a tasty tie. Um, and then the um, you know Ross County, you never know that that might spur them on to greater things. So there's, it's just it's interesting because it's it's definitely some of the some teams there that don't often often get the chance to vie for silverware are definitely in with a in with a sniff. So we'll um, we will see. Good, good. So Scotland's women team were playing this week international action, and we had a question on the podcast. So, I uh, tell me about that. Anthony. Yeah, so Katie on Instagram was asking about women's football and, and especially the women's Scottish team, and just how um, how they're going. And um, unfortunately, uh, although they made the the last women's World Cup, they've actually just failed in qualification for Euro twenty twenty two after a last minute conceded goal against Finland. Um, finish so player. unfortunate it was yeah. very especially I mean a draw wouldn't have done them any good anyway that it was nil low but um, yeah conceded a, a last minute goal to, to lose 1-0 after getting beat 1-0 to Portugal I, think, I believe it was last Friday night um, they were without Shelley Kerr their coach she's been isolating because of um COVID. Um, I, I, yeah, Lisa Evans has been pretty frank in her assessment of it, just sort of saying that, you know, professionalism across the board. But I actually think they've been pretty professional and I think they've been developing and playing very professionally. Um, and, 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 and of course, there's a, a unfortunate and yet, I think, um, enduring um, set of different values, which may be still 
impeding some of the progress of the women's um, soccer in, in Scotland. And I think that it's great to see Glasgow City doing very, very well, although they were absolutely humped by a Wolfsburg in the, in the, the Champions League. But, you know, Celtic developing... Uh, Rangers developing, Forfar developing. Um, there are really good signs for women's football in Scotland. Um, I, I, I kind of think that in, in, in an era where Megan Rapinoe is is publishing a biography and and talking about women's equality in terms of uh, you know their their remuneration for for um, uh, you know high calibre and, and international sports it will not be too hard for the Scottish uh, women to get the same pay as the Scottish guys when they play for the international team Yes, they do it for the love of the country, uh, for free. Um, I would just say that, you know, I, I much like the, the men's team, uh, the women's team, the, the players, more and more players in the squad are now turning out for Arsenal's and, and your, your bigger clubs in the English Women's League and again, that's a sign that the strength and depth of the squad is improving because you don't have players playing in smaller leagues. You've got them playing in the big stage. Um, and I think that will stand them in good stead going forward. Obviously, unfortunate not to qualify this time. This was a good opportunity. They, they basically needed one one winner yeah, the last two games to qualify. Six, six so, pointer, really. Yeah, so they really... Actually, yeah. Unfortunate. But, I mean, 1-0 and 1-0. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't... You know, it was the narrowest of margins, and um, you know, it's 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 just that, that's that's Scotland. Like we're we're not, I don't think, we're, <laughs> but like Celtic supporters, we're not destined to uh, make every major tournament. Um, so you know, God you, help you, God uh, help you. <laughs> uh, but but like I said, you know, I think I think the signs for women's football in the country are, are definitely on the on the up. I think Celtic's improved their investment. Um, dramatically this season, and um, uh, you know, Glasgow City has been strong for a while. Hibs have been strong for a while, and I believe Rangers are yeah. are doing something similar. So it can only yes. be a, it can only be a good thing, and yeah. and we will definitely keep tabs on it um, next time that the qualification for the next tournament um, for for Scotland women's commences. Absolutely. So Barcelona this week uh, pay cuts of one hundred and twenty two million euros for their first team. Um, we've spoken about this a little bit before in terms of kind of football wages and all the rest of it. And, and, and I'm going to take this in a slightly different direction because we normally kind of punt through the kind of Scottish patterns. Where do you think this leaves us in terms of how football is going to be in Scotland? In terms of finances? Yeah, absolutely. Because so um, 122 million euros is a massive amount of money. Yeah. Um, the Scottish government saying, or, or in fact, sport in Scotland saying 100 million pounds out of you know what we would normally expect to have in terms of funding streams. Where does that leave us beyond this in terms of player wages, in terms of how the clubs are structured? What do you think? <sighs> well, I mean, I don't think the wage structures for most of the teams in Scotland are, are overly high like they're not paying massive massive wages i mean you take out celtic rangers and aberdeen um the rest of the wage structures are probably compare them across europe they're probably fairly reasonable um yes as, 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 as I have where where scottish football is at a disadvantage is that they are heavily reliant on gate receipts to turn a profit it's the it's the we're the highest per capita turnout at, at grounds in Europe, I believe, or if not the top, near the top. Yes, so no, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're correct. That yeah, is so, it is correct. The, so it is. So it is. It's the pie sales, the Bovril sales, everything that goes along with that. That that's what keeps clubs afloat. And at the moment, you know, the Scottish government is stopping 
supporters from going back into stadia. So on one hand, yes, it's a public health measure. Unless you're Ross County. Oh, unless you're Ross County for the 300 fans. It's um, it's necessary because, you know, COVID's, uh, you know, the second wave is out of control again. But I do see it from the club's point of view, well, that's our major source of revenue. You know, how are we supposed to plan for next season if we still don't know whether, you know, fans will be allowed in? You know, fans have already played, paid for season tickets this season with basically no hope, really, re- you know, realistically of getting in. So, you know, there's going to have to be some sort of compensation package for, for season ticket holders for, for this season. So, I, 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 you know, I can only inevitably see that, you know, wages will, you know, for the lower clubs will be stagnant to decline. And then you look at the the bigger clubs, your Celtic, your Rangers, they'll have to sell players. I mean, that, that that's what it comes down to. I mean, there'll be a certain amount of investor investment to sort of um, just smooth it over a little bit. And that's obviously what Rangers' model is at the moment. But, you know, I, I fully expected whether Celtic win 10 in a row or not, that they will be selling, there'll be three or four players out the door come the summer. That, that's, that's a, that was a given. It was always going to be a given. Um, but well, the sobering financial statistic is that Celtic, from their uh, achievements in the Europa League so far, um, having you know previously been able to get a few points and, and qualify into the following round, that their outcome from um, having one point and really not performing that terribly well in the Europa League is about one hundred eighty thousand euros. It's 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 a it's a it's a drop in the ocean compared to what they achieved, and and as we reflected last week um, with. With Rangers having you know twenty point two million on the back of their Europa League um, performance, it's quite significant. And and I think UEFA have a bit of a role to play. And I know I'm always kind of slightly kind of you know kind of comical, jokey about the fact that um, you know Qatari money and financial doping and and you know we've spoken about the women's european championship in 2022 the qatar world cup is 2022 there is no way that that would have been there without you know basically people just stuffing money in pockets of executives and i don't think that that actually you know that doesn't cut to the nub of, of the kind of the, the basic fan and 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 you uefa are trying to create leagues which will be accommodating other countries, Scotland among them, the Netherlands, Belgium, you know, all these other leagues that have got big teams, Anderlecht, Ajax, um, Bronby, uh, Celtic Rangers, you know, where does all that fit in? I, I'm not sure that that's at the heart of how good the game can be. I think that cuts to the nub of somebody making some money out of it. But I do think that something will change and it will change big time on the back of this because so many guys will not be able to play or ply their trade on the back of the fact that the financial crisis will be so stark. Well, it's interesting because you know, Celtic came out last week and Peter Law, he said that um, Celtic aren't interested in pursuing an, an Atlantic league anymore. So it's interesting that they would come out and say that. So you, know, you have to think, is a is the potential for a British league still there? Is the interest for that greater now because of COVID? You know, are the are 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 broadcasters and 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 the, the the people down south thinking, well, actually, bringing Celtic Rangers in would actually maybe be a good thing now because of 
you know everything that's going on in the world so watch this space i guess um we'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll happens see when you want to just go and watch the game and have a laugh with your pals <laughs> well as long as it's no var because that's just Aye. an absolute nightmare and that's a conversation oh. for another conversation for another time but uh, you yes. know liverpool are definitely bleeding hearts on that one at the moment but we'll um we'll part that one for 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 next week richard what is your uh your final thought for the week Oh, so we're going to keep our predictions from last oh, week. Oh, I think let's just, let's just let's just let's just let's just lock them in. Um, if you haven't listened to them, guys, last week's podcast, and you can find the Strozzi Football Podcast and all the major um, podcast networks: Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, and Podbean. And we are also on all of the social media channels: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, so reach out to us if you want to ask a question. Get in touch. Um, we're always uh, always looking to to engage with our, our listenership. So yes, my final yeah. thoughts this week, Scottish women's football is there or thereabouts. It's really wonderful to see Mech and Rapinoe having a platform and just really pushing it. I, I love that. I, actually, she's done an amazing job for women's football and and, and it's a sport we love. It would be great when um, the crowds return. It deserves much, much more attention and I will be absolutely delighted that if Scottish um, league and, and international women's football gets even more attention than it's had up until now. Well, I just just touch on that. You know, I think the women's cricket in Australia is a perfect example that if you actually put it on in prime time viewing, you actually grow the viewership, and it's now become part of the the fabric of Australian summer. Now we we watched the women's cricket, the, the big the women's big bash, as a you know it's 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 a bit of a prelude to the the men's big bash cricket, and it's it's just it's become normalised. It's just part of the. The, the, but it's, the but it's good summer. to watch and it's entertaining and it's actually another way of engaging and it's another way of kind of um, building that kind of rapport. I, I love it. I Absolutely, I, but I just yeah. think that's an example of if you actually if you if you build the build the bridge or you you make it available and readily accessible, yeah, the people will come. And I, I just think that's, that, a, there, that's, there, that's important. There's a film about that from the 80s. Antonio, your final thoughts? Look, I, I just want to touch on the Raul Jimenez, David Luiz, head clash, uh, Arsenal Wolves on the weekend. Absolutely sickening and, and, and you know, best wishes to Raul. Hope he's obviously on the on the mend. But, um, you know, how David Luiz was allowed to go back on the park. I know there's con- supposed to be concussion protocols there, but very, very questionable. He ended up being substituted because his head was still bleeding um, and then apparently was allowed to drive home later that night. I just find it baffling. I just think wow. that football is just way behind uh, other codes, you know, your cricket, your rugby, um, NFL, they've all got concussion subs. There's, there's protocols. Um, I just feel that FIFA's dragging their heels. They're, they keep saying they're still gathering information. I really don't know how much more information on concussions they need. Um, professional footballers can die from this it's it's very very serious i just feel that more needs to be done about that very well said indeed i absolutely agree with you and having been involved at rugby on several levels including professional levels and as a medic in professional rugby um i would completely concur with you and would say that um the australian rugby union is miles ahead of most sporting protocols in this regard in fact they have been the model for many of the other um the other rugby union um interventions and and then i I cannot see how football you know soccer whatever you want to call it um is any different so i completely agree antonio 
always great talking to you. I really, really enjoy this. I hope you guys listening enjoy it too. Please do feedback to us. Let us know what you think and do let us know what you'd like us to talk about because we really love talking to you. Um, We'll watch the football and we'll speak to you again in a week or two. Fantastic. Talk to you next week, Richard. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.